Welcome to Pred Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now, here are your hosts, Red Runway, Buffalo Brian, and D-Law Dan Lawless. Welcome to the Pred Wings Podcast, episode on our social media as Predwings Podcast, Facebook, Discord, Twitch, at Predwings Pod on Twitter and YouTube, and Instagram is also Predwings Podcast, and our email is Predwings Podcast at gmail.com. So, as we head into our Beer League Minute... We just got Tuesday game, and it was a little better than last week, even though, personally, not good for me. Um, I'm play, I was playing defense, so obviously I'm not going to get any points. But no, that's not true, because there's a lot of defensemen that get points. Well, I do know that, a guy that had a two-point in, night. In, in beer league, you, you defense don't get points, but in NHL do, but this is beer league. So, yeah, um, Two point night here. Who, who got for this two guy? Point, who? What guy? I, and 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 I, me, my, myself, ranting around here. Two, oh, two I points. Meant, I thought you meant Dan. So, oh, Ron got two points. Yeah, two point. and, I, and I actually, oh, and that I goal actually, was beautiful. that was all sweet. He was how many did this guy? Be. How many did uh, this guy Dan get? Uh, no, I was six. playing defense. Nothing. Zero. But I was playing defense. But, Ron, yeah, but here's the best part: the one. The one goal that I had, the guy shot it from the point. The puck is spinning end over end, and out of midair, I, I hit it in past the goalie. So, sheer luck. I, I'm not that coordinated, but it worked well, out. Well, actually, no, it was the wing. I was on the ice for that. It was the, the wing shot it from the right side. I think, I don't know if he did it on purpose or not, because it hit the goalie and it, the rebound came right over to you where you are on the left side. So, how many and goals you, did you and score? And you up in that. I scored the one goal, and then I had an assist. I actually stole it from D-Law, so I pass it back to the D, and I get up to the net. He takes a shot, and it's, now it's ping-ponging in front of the goalie. Oh, God, so it hit, hit about six people. It hit this other guy's stick. It came over to my stick, and it bounced out to the goal scorer. So D-Law lost the point on that one, too, well, even though I, he did set up that play. He I did, just you know what? He played good in defense. He did I'm get just, burned once I'm, because he didn't transition. I'm, I'm just but glad, other than that, he played I'm, good. I'm just glad I didn't uh, uh, miss the puck when you shot it back to the point. Yeah, me too. That's usually what I usually do. But I just, That's all I got. Two point I just, night, I'll I take kept, it all day long. I just kept trying to shoot it at the net. I mean, if I had, if I had a lane... Yeah, 
about just just before two minutes to play, I, I did take a stupid penalty though, because I got beat. I was in the neutral zone and I wasn't. I don't know what I was doing. I got beat. I had to chase him and I slashed him on the hands before. I think he still got a shot off, but so no, he didn't. And it was a good penalty to take. Well, so. it was. I don't know. I wouldn't. Have so been you would good. rather. So let me let me just let's. Let's go through your thought process. Our goal it was really good. Brian, I think you can actually chime in on this too. So a guy gets a pretty clean break, but it's not a full breakaway. You can either so and so D Law thinks it's better to allow him a free breakaway shot on his goalie. Where well, to me well, I say I say you give him a whack or a hook, you take the two minutes, and then you just ice the puck constantly and do your best to kill off the, the the I think you've got a better chance to score if you don't do anything. I think that's a good penalty. Well, it actually worked out because, like, what, 20 seconds later, uh, they took a penalty? Yeah, it did work. How many, poly- how many minutes you got in the season, Dan? Just, just that one. That's it? Yeah. Expect more out of you, Dan. <laughs> I, think I, I think I got more points than penalty minutes. There, there's which, no way. <laughs> um, Don't lie. No, I'm actually, it might be tied. I think I had a goal and assist. <laughs> Not in this game. <laughs> but but um, and, and it was actually better. I think it was like 6-3. to three. We actually had a lead for, for a good portion of it. I started the scoring. 2-1 to one or something like we, that at one time. Actually, well, yeah, didn't we have a two nothing lead? I had, I was, I put us up, I put us up one nothing. Yeah, and yeah, nice we rebound. did. I started the lead, but uh, yeah, I think it was six to three compared to what was it, fourteen to two or something? Yeah, terrible last week. So, and I'm done on Thursdays to the fall. So, we'll be back again Tuesday. I think there's like three more, four more. Yeah, he's maybe. playing flag. He's playing flag football. You know, I just I'll hope I don't take any. I just hope I don't take any more penalties. So that leads us into our recaps. Um, the Preds had four games, and you guys had three. One was in common, so I don't know. You guys want? Dan, why do don't it. you start with the recaps? All right. Um, so it was a St. Louis game um, that was in Nashville on April Fool's Day, four one. Uh, going into this game, the jokes on you. Yeah, well, actually, the joke was on the Blues this game. Uh, the the Preds were actually tied with the Pens for the longest active playoff streak with eight seasons. Um, that might actually be in jeopardy on both teams, actually. So uh, the Bruins have the record um, with 29. That was between 1967 and 1996. So... Um, uh, I know last week you were mentioning about Thomas Grace. Uh, one where he is, and I think we did mention he wasn't Blues. He he was in the net for the Blues in this game. Um, obviously, Yossi's still out. <clears throat> but uh, Novak, he continues to score. He's one of the bright stars, uh, bright bright um, bright spots. I meant um, he scored a nice backhand top shelf right underneath the bar. Give the Preds a one nothing lead. And the Preds when scoring first are twenty seven, eight and six. Um and they did manage their power play's been absolutely 
terrible, but they managed to score a power play goal. It was uh, Cody Glass tipped a Novak shot, um, and that one went just under the bar, too. So I guess you got to go with top cheese on Thomas Grice. Um, but the press first period was just great in this game. Ten, uh, late 10 to 3 in the first period. Um, Sissons get, ended up with a shorthanded goal to put him up 3 nothing. Uh, Evangelista scored. Your father or priest or whatever you want to call him, Luke Evangelista. Uh, he was in front of that. Or the crease. Yeah, I guess he was in front of that. He wasn't in the crease. But, you know, just the Preds just dominated this game. Um, Sherwood, uh, he scored, but it was they they disallowed it because it was a high high, high stick, and it was it was clearly a high stick. Um, it was well above the crossbar. Uh, second period shots on goal. The Blues came back, and this one fifteen to ten. So they kind of they kind of over they kind of overcome that slow start in the first. Um, and another one uh, after at when the Preds are leading after two, they are twenty four one and three. So I guess if you have a lead, you really have to win. You know, it gives you a good chance of winning. I know some teams are really good at coming back, but and then uh, when the Blues are trailing after two, they're three twenty eight two. So they're they're not a comeback team by any means. Um, Spencer Stastny, uh, he was playing in his first NHL game. And um, interesting side note on that, his favorite player is Brandon Saad, who, who was playing for the Blues in this game. Um, but then, uh, it, of course, this game was on the NHL Network, and these announcers were terrible. But... Um, they jinxed Soros on commenting on how well he was playing, and then the Blues scored. They didn't say anything about a shutout. They just said he was playing really good, and then the Blues scored right, right, almost almost right after that. Sounds like the D-Law jinx. Uh, yeah, well, no, that's that's only when I'm at the game, and not, and not the Preds. <laughs> um, but then, you know, the, the Yak, as I like to call him, or – Actually, the Preds announcers call him too. Uh, Yakov Trenin, he found a loose puck and uh, wrapped it around. I think it hit Grace in the leg, gave him a 5-1 lead. And then uh, Tomasino scores a power play goal. That's two power play goals in this game. That one went top shelf again on Grace. That's like three that went top shelf. Um, That they they were thinking it got deflected, but it, it just found its way through. It's one of those seeing eye shots they like to call. So the the Preds end up winning this game six to one. They outshot the Blues in the Did third. Did you say seeing eye shot? That's what they that's what they call it. I don't know why. Probably oh, okay. because and probably because the puck finds its way in. I don't know. Seeing eye shot. Okay. That's what I that's what I hear for the announcers. Like no, I just never heard that, so I wanted to make sure I heard. Oh, well, uh, that's what I hear all the time on TNT and ESPN. I never hear. I never really hear it on the on the local feeds. Um, but the Preds, you know, they dominating in the third period again. It's like the first outshot them fifteen to four, so they ended up 
out shooting 35-22, but it was just a total domination and, and likely should because the Blues are they're kind of a train wreck. Uh, but uh, Luke Evangelista ended this game with a goal and two assists, and Novak had a goal and three assists. So that moves us to the Dallas game at Dallas, the one road game in this little four-game uh, thing. Um, in this game, the Preds have had 10 skaters who played on Milwaukee this season. Um, I'm sure you could probably say the same thing with Detroit as far as Grand Rapids. I don't know. Um, maybe not, but it just seems like a lot. That's like, I mean, there's some of them were defense, so they weren't, it wasn't, you know, that's like if they were to all forwards, it'd be like three lines, actually three and three and an extra. But the Stars took the lead early, and then it was just pretty much all Dallas. I mean, the power, press power play, back to struggling, no shots. Well, they got shots, but they weren't really quality. I don't know. I mean, the Stars are a really good defensive team, though. Um, Sagan had a wide-open net, but he met, he hit the post, so it could have been worse. Um but, you know, the Preds were sort of dominating in the second, but then the Stars took over in the second half of that period, and it just, I don't know. Dallas ended up, um, uh, they ended up taking a 3 nothing lead. Um, what else do I want to say here? Um not much to say about this game. Uh, Fulk got his first goal as a Predator, ruined the shutout at least. Um, but they didn't give any assists on this play. It was in Dallas, so I'm wondering. I uh, wonder if they did that on purpose or maybe there really wasn't. I, I, it looked like there should have been assists because he got at least he got a pass from at least one Predator. Um, but the shots were actually pretty close. Actually, the Preds actually had the lead 27-25, so they just they can't hang with Dallas, at least not yet. Um, and I, I'm you know during this game, I kept thinking it looked like an NHL team playing an AHL team, and I guess. Kind of half right because I had mentioned there was 10, 10 of the Predators had played in Milwaukee. So, but it was just a frustrating game. It, they didn't compete at all. So, you know, I it, then they had to obviously they had to back to back. Um, they had to fly back to, to Nashville to play Vegas then the next day. So at least it was at home. But I thought they were going to drop this one, but Tommy Novak scores two goals in the first period and one another power play goal. So the power play is starting. I mean, it's still still bad, but at least it's starting to get some kind of positive aspects. Um, but then the second period, Petrangelo scored a couple to tie it up. And then third period, uh, no goals. Um the shots were pretty low, eight, eight to six for the Predators. But in the second period, Vegas outshot them twelve to five. So that's 
they you know they took over in that second period. But then this game went in overtime, and Cody Glass, he uh, actually the Preds had a, I, th- I think they had a carryover power play, uh, or was it a power? Play? No, it might have been. It must have been a power play in the overtime. But uh, they, so they scored another power play goal, so that's two in this game. So hopefully they can start heating up. Um, so. Uh, Glass won it in overtime on the power play. That's his 14th. Going into last night's game on six. At home against Carolina. Uh, another NHL debut, this time Jake Livingstone. So he had his solo skate. Um, but, uh, you know, the Preds, they, they started out really good in the first period. Um, they got called for a delay game, but I didn't, I mean, obviously it didn't get deflected because it's pretty, you know, they make those calls it's pretty much always 100% correct. So I don't know, <clears throat> but uh, their penalty killing is totally different from the power play. They're 10th uh, in the league, 81%. And Mark Jankowski, a former Buffalo Sabre for I don't know how long, maybe, maybe not that long, maybe a cup of coffee. Um, he scored a shorthanded goal. And then the Preds scored another one, right, almost right off. That was this time, uh, Michael McCarron. So it took a two to nothing lead. That was a five hole. Freddie, Frederick Anderson. No, Frederick Anderson. He came from Toronto, I believe. Didn't they, didn't they like trade goalies, like in, well, not trade, trade going, but they kind of like traded them in free and see. Yeah, it was like a swap. But he, McCarron scored. He was like from a no angle shot. That was like in the corner, kind of like where the icing line is, you know, where the goal line extended. It was, that's actually the icing line out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I see. I think I think it got banked in off the goal or something. But he's that's, like that red line behind the net. You mean? Like where the trap is, yeah. Right where, is? where the goal line extends out. Now, where that's, where that's, was he on that line when he took the shot? Like how far back against? He was to like the right, He was like on the line, right near the corner board. So like right by the end of the trapezoid. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, that that's they call that the icing line, and then obviously it's the goal line was in the crease. I call it the trapezoid. Uh, well, the trapezoid is that little area in the corner. I think they should shade the trapezoid. Like they do with the freaking pucks? No, you know, I mean like on the ice so, so that yeah. the goalie's like kind of like the crease Oops. is blue. They should yeah. do that the same thing behind Pink. it. Pink? Sure, whatever color you want. <laughs> so anyway. Um, it should be know, filled with Nashville Predators logos on every arena. Yeah. So, um, you know, and this story, this, this game, the Preds block shots were just, I mean, they left and right. They were sort of getting uh, dominated, but it wasn't like a total domination. They were playing sound defensive. They were in position. They weren't running around. So I mean, they're they just. I mean, at one point they had like, uh, I think it was like twelve, or what was it, like six six minutes zone time for Carolina to three, something like that. 
Yeah, but that's all Nashville needs. Why do you need more time in the zone? Um, I mean, if they can score three yeah, goals every well, minute. Well, that's those two right now. Um, oh, so they can get two goals in a minute. So they only but, need like two minutes of zone time. Yeah, well, they don't do that every game, though. Uh, but, you uh, know, they, 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 they called a hook on Sherwood, but it, I mean, it was, I don't know. It, it wasn't it wasn't up near as waist. I I just think that if it shouldn't have been called. I mean something like that, you know, in October, November, yeah, but this is I mean, obviously they're fighting for playoffs and it it seems like they're calling games different now. Except for that little play. Um, but you know the Preds that killed off that penalty. They end up with six blocks on that penalty. Um, but Carolina leads the NHL with seventy-three shot attempts per game, not shots on goal, shot attempts. And I think this game they had like, I think they were saying they had like seventy-four or seventy-five attempts. Yeah, I mean the law of averages say you're going to score something with seventy-four shots. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think only I w- one other w- goalie this season has faced that many. I would think that the uh, Boston would would be leading with the shot attempts, but uh, maybe not. But uh, Carolina started dominating, you know, in the first period. Um, they ended up out shooting the Preds thirteen to eight in that period. Uh, but the Preds had a two nothing lead after the first. Um, the Preds had 19 block shots after the first period. Carolina had nothing, no no block shots. Well, obviously, with eight shots on goal or eight. No, actually, I'm not sure how many attempts. Because obviously, if it's a shot on goal, it's not a block. Um, but Carolina scored, or at least they thought it did. Um, but uh, they actually... Yeah, that was the first one. Uh, the Preds challenged it. This was toward right at the end of the second period. No, yeah, right at the end of the second period. Uh, they challenged it for goalie interference. But this is where I want you to touch, chime in a little bit after I t- discuss what. Um, so Brady Shea shot it. He actually scored in, but um, it was. Martin Nakash and he Natchez? Yeah, however you say that name Natchez, whatever he was skated through the crease and he bumped he he definitely bumped Soros he hit him, it was his shoulder but Soros was able to reset for the shot and you could see it from the one angle and when the shot comes he was in the supposition and naked when that, whatever his name is. Yep. He was already gone to the right. Now I thought the rule was that the goalie has a shot, a chance to reset. Then the goal is allowed because the goalie was, the goalie was able to get reset to make a attempt at the save. Um, they reviewed it and they said no goal for incidental contact. Now, I video evidence of this. I couldn't find a video, but so it never happened. I was watching the game. I don't know if I believe you. He, 
I'm just teasing. Go ahead. So he he definitely hit. So who scored the goal? Well, Brady Shea shot it from the point, but the shot came through when when the shot went in. Uh, Nakish, who had hit him when he was skating across the crease, he wasn't in the net. He wasn't even t- he wasn't even in the crease, and and you could see Soros sat for the shot. I mean, I'm happy that they disallowed the goal for inter goal interference, but I think that should have counted. Chance had a chance to reset for the shot, and I mean, you could see it from the overhead. Now, I don't know if that's part of the rule anymore or not, but I always had under pressing that the rule was if the goal has a chance to reset, it, it, it nullifies the interference. I mean, obviously, if the, if the, if the guy's in his way or, it, you know, it hit him as the puck goes in, obviously that's interference. You could see when, goal, when the puck goes in. But I just thought you, you had a little comment. I'm trying to find a video also. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if he had time to reset, I mean, it's fair game. I mean, he's, he's up and ready. And that's, that's what I thought. Cause he was yeah. standing there waiting for the shot and he just, I don't know if he got, yeah, I'm trying to see if I can find a video. Front, but, <clears throat> but so they, they called, they, they got called back. Um, you know, the Preds that they had night, it was 19 to one block shots in the second period. So, I mean, on top of the, you know, first period, uh, but it was the shots on goal in the second was twelve to six in favor of Carolina. Um, third period, uh, the Carolina they shot it on the net. Actually, it was a smart play. I think it was um, Burns. He was like in a neutral zone, right, just between, just just in front of the blue line. Uh, but they, it was obviously outside. Uh, there was two two canes that were outside, so that was that was definitely a no brain. I mean, that was. I mean, one guy was like two feet inside the zone, um, so that was no goal. So that that one was that was definitely a no goal. But then uh, the Preds almost made a three to nothing, uh, but the puck literally stuck on the goal line. I mean, it was on end and it was like spinning. But it never crossed. It was right on the line, and I'm like, "How did that not go in?" And Carolina was able to to push it in, in towards Anderson. So I'm like, I thought for sure that was gonna be a goal, but it was just it, it was. I like, found a video just so you're aware. Okay, did you watch it? I'm watching it right now. Um, so let me just finish up here, and then so you can, he was he did not have time to reset. He did really. He was, sure. on his, he was still on his knees. Really? He was bumped down was and on, didn't get. He didn't get back up. He was on so his, yeah, that's that's a good. He was on his knees. Call. I thought he was on his feet. No, he was on his knees. Cause I I I couldn't because I was. It was this game was on ESPN Plus, so I couldn't rewind it like I kind of on on my other on a TV. Yeah, so I had he to watch he, it on then. He didn't have. Yeah, that was a good no call. Oh, it looked like he was. I thought he was on his feet, but. I wasn't able to rewind it <clears throat> like I normally would be able to. But the press, they were just out working the Canes, um, you know. And, um, it, you know, it looked it looked like the Canes were dominating, like I said earlier. But it, and this, this may sound weird because usually when a team's dominating, they're in control. But the press, were, they were in control of this game. 
even despite Carolina, you know, dominating as far as zone time and shots, like I said earlier, they the Preds were in their positions. They weren't running around. They were in their defensive structure, and they just kept. I mean, I think a lot of the, a lot of Carolina shots from the outside. I haven't really seen a shot shot chart, but I think most of them were from the outside. So, um, but they the Canes they ended up pulling their goalie. I think it was like three something three around three minutes to go. Um, they had a couple of chances. I almost got one in, but then uh, they ended up they ended up eventually scoring the empty net goal. It was uh, Dante Fabro, who I, I don't think he's going to be back next year. And there's a few, quite a few other fans that are seeing the same thing. I don't Maybe he will. I don't know. Uh, but he was, like, in his defensive zone pretty much on, on his own icing line, now almost near the trapezoid, and that thing went dead center. Uh, but the Preds outshot them in the third period, nine to six. But I mean, Carolina thirty-two to twenty-three shot lead in this game, and the Preds had twenty-seven black shots in this in this game. Twenty-seven, and the Canes had three. So it was a huge game. With that win, it tied Calgary and Winnipeg. Actually, a point behind. Winnipeg and Calgary are tied because they uh, Calgary beat them uh, Wednesday. Calgary beat Winnipeg Wednesday, <clears throat> so they're tied with 89. But Nashville pulls within a point, which leads into my you know later on. I'll just I'll talk about that later. But it's a couple of huge games, two 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 more road games left for the Predators, and they're huge games against those two teams. Well, that's all I got for my recaps. All right, so last week I kind of talked about the Winnipeg game um, as that was going on. Detroit just got blown out 6-2. to two. I'm not – there's really nothing to discuss. This game was they, – they played terrible hockey. Um, you know, the Jets came out. They dominated 60 minutes of play. They just controlled everything from the first period to the third period. Uh, nothing – I mean, they just didn't even allow Detroit to get anything – anything going um and and the wings just they allow too many goals and it's just not it's just not good it's not good for the morale it's not good for the locker room especially when you're not in the playoffs and you know your chances are slim at that point um but just not good hockey they just didn't play well so uh, i'm gonna move on to the toronto game now the toronto game ended up being a great bounce back game for the wings um they they've they got a fast start in this game. Um, Detroit's been having fast starts, minus the Winnipeg game, where they come out, they score quick, they score early, and they score multiple goals. And, you know, that's exactly what happened. Mata comes down on a breakaway. You know, it gets a, a puck that just kind of trickles out. Um, and they end up, you know, getting the early lead on the board. Uh, and then Detroit ends up giving up a penalty shot, which – you know, we'll talk again later on when, when Buffalo and I talk. Uh, but they give up a penalty shot because their they're rookie, um, Marco Casper, playing his first NHL game, 19 years old. You know, he actually looked really good, um, had his hand over the puck in the crease. And just by habit, you know, but it's a penalty. It ended up being a penalty shot. And, you know, it didn't amount to anything. It wasn't any goal. But Johnny Burgers gets a goal. Again, his momentum is, is exciting for the future. Um, and then Raymond, I don't know if anyone saw this game or remembers this, but there's a lot of controversy over it. So 
Raymond is just skating, you know, hard to the net and he loses an edge, like complete. Nobody touched him. He just lost an edge, went down and took out Matt Murray. Now it looked like he fell, landed on his tailbone, came back on his back. Didn't look like there was any head contact, but apparently there ended up being head contact. Uh, But Matt Murray left the game and he was out. Um, The funny story behind this is now I'm going to ask Brian and and D-Law, do you have, I don't know if you saw or heard or have any idea who the emergency goalie was for that game? I sure do. D-Law, do you know? Don't remember who it was. Probably that guy that played for the Carolina when when they were in Toronto. No, it was Cujo. It was Cujo. That's right. And ex-Red Wing himself. Uh, but there were reports that Cujo was in the building with a, ba- a gear bag over his shoulder walking towards the locker room. So when Matt Murray got hurt, Cujo was going to step in and play. How does that work? So, I that would have been freaking incredible. I would have loved to have seen that. Well, they should have just put him in anyway. Yeah, that would have been good. I know, just swap him out. Um, oh, our other goalie just got sick. We got to right. have him come back. I don't I mean, know, he left, he left the bench. I'd be interested to see what Cujo could do. It would be fun to watch him, you know, come out and come out and play. Um, you know, but getting back to the game, Larkin comes out. He's got a hot start. He's got 29 goals up to this game, um, 74 points on the season. You know, that's what we need out of Dylan Larkin right now is the smart hockey uh, playing to to win games, keep the locker room engaged, and you still have a slim chance to make the playoffs at this point. But the second period comes around, and it gets you know that was that was a little bit rougher. So Nedeljkovic is playing in this game. You know he was getting a little chirpy, um, but the focus was on on Michael Bunting, my favorite thirty year old rookie. Just he, I mean, he embellished one call. He got a penalty for it. He got cross checked a few times. And then he ended up playing uh, or getting a 10-minute misconduct penalty, which I honestly I didn't agree with. And I thought it was kind of a bad call. Um, but, yeah, he uh, but he was the center of attention for most of that game after that point. And he, he kind of got a rough go by the refs. I, I will agree to that. Uh, but the Wings end up coming out. They get a 5-2 to two win. It was a really good effort by the Wings. They played hard for all 30 minutes, or 60 minutes, not 30 minutes. But they played hard for all 60 minutes. Um, but Ned faced 44 shots, and he's not on the Wings roster currently. He He's kind of a – to me, he's he's my focal point. I, I think he's got a lot of potential to be very good in the NHL, and I'm hoping that they keep him in the organization. Uh, because I think he's got his, he's got his, you know, he's got his swag back and he played with confidence. He played great. I mean, he had 42 saves facing 44 shots. So, um, I, I I like him there, but I'm going to fast forward to the wings in Montreal game. You know, the wings dominated this game, but I don't, I don't really look at this as, as a great victory. I mean, yes, every victory counts for morale. We can still squeak into the playoffs at this point. I get it. I understand that. Um, now we can't lose any games at this point to be able to continue into the playoffs this year. So, uh, but we come out, we win five, nothing just dominated the play. Montreal was playing people all over the place. They didn't have their, their set lineups. They were saying, um, I don't follow Montreal religiously. So I, I can't, you know, I can't speak on what the coach did with the lines, but, um, 
Detroit just came out and they just dominated. The young guys played well. Uh, you know, Raymond had a goal. Uh, Valeno, Matt Luff, Der- uh, David Perron keeps his streak hot. Uh, these guys are just playing well. Perron's got 22, 22 goals on the season at this point. So Montreal was a good game. It was a you know a good game for Detroit to keep that that momentum, kind of keep that uh, youth moving on. But uh, but that's it. That's all I got. We did play the Sabers this week, so I'm gonna let Brian do his recap, and then we'll you know we'll come back and recap that one together. Three games, including the Detroit game, Philadelphia and four one. They entered the game five points behind the final wild card spot after Boston beat the Pens on Saturday afternoon. I believe it was. <laughs> UPL gets a start, Levi making his first career backup. Sabres caught standing around, and the Flyers take a one nothing lead after a possible no-call on a blatant hold on <clears throat> Kyle Poso. He speeds down the ice, and with just under 10 seconds left, buries at top shelf where Mama hides the cookies. I say possible no-call because I could not see the back ref, but the Ozone ref did not put his hand up. Who said Oki is slow in his old age? Oh, that was me. My bad. Minute and a half into the second period, uh, Middlestat made a nice drop pass to Tuck, and he buries it to make it 2-1 Buffalo. Greenway, just over a minute later, buries a bad rebound by the goalie and makes it 3-1. <clears throat> and another minute later, Skinner buried his own rebound 5-hole to make it 4-1. Tuck buries his second of the game, 34th of the season, to make it 5-1 again, top shelf where Mama hides the cookies. Morgan Frost quickly buries a second of the game to make it 5-2. That Frost guy, he he kills us this year. <laughs> um, Gergensen's given a gift-wrapped slap shot by a defenseman who left the puck between the circles for no one, and the goalie makes the save. 5-2 <clears throat> after two. The Flyers score early on in the second, and then Dalene shoots a puck over glass for a penalty. Tucky looking for the hat trick on a breakaway, but the goalie makes a save. And then Tucky got a shorty. <clears throat> he got a shorthanded goal to make... His second career hat trick. Congrats, Tucky. Uh, he got behind the D and buried one. 6-3, his 35th of the season. Sabres win th- 6-3. Uh, they had like down, a three-goal down. lead. What the hell blows three-goal leads? Uh, every team in the NHL once in a while. Well, the Predators blow five-goal leads, but that's different. UPL made an incredible save to keep the game 5-3. The puck laid on the goal line, but his pad got there just in time to make the save, and they were able to get the win. Moving on to Florida. Biggest game in a decade, at least, for this team. Sabres came into the game four points behind Florida, five out of the playoffs, second playoff spot. And again, Devin Levi gets a start. Tucky scores early on, but it's called back as it was on sides. Uh, Dylan Cousins scored on a power play to make it one nothing. Florida gets a crap penalty and, of course, scores a tie it up 1-1. No scoring in the second period, still 1-1. Florida scores in the third, and no matter how hard they tried, a six on three, the Sabres were unable to bury the puck in the last 10 seconds. And Florida gets the important two points. Uh, Levi played a good game, only giving up what, two goals, but... We needed this. We need those two points badly. That could be the game. That could be the season right there. I mean, we're still, we're still in it, but it makes it a little harder right there. Uh, and then our third game was Detroit. How do you want to do this, Ron? I'll just give a real quick synopsis of a couple of areas. Um, 
I thought both teams played incredible. It didn't start off great, um, at least for Detroit. Uh, Thompson again just lights up Detroit. He's just he's a phenom. He's he's a great player. But the the one play that I want to talk about is I f- I forget who scored it. What's his name? The one off of the Skinner incident. Zakari. No. Uh, no. Co- uh, cousins. No, it Yoki, wasn't cousins. Oh, Yoki Haru. Yoki Haru. Yeah. So th- this whole play as it's breaking out into the Detroit zone behind the play, you get Skinner comes across the blue line and he cross checks Raymond up high head or neck area. So down to the ice, they go play still going on. Puck trickles out and Larkin skates away from the puck to go to Raymond's aid. And that leaves Yokoharu wide open for you know an easy goal so i i think that was stupid on dylan larkin's part i think he actually cost detroit this game um you know i don't like to place blame on players it's a it's a collective effort but had larkin not sought out skinner at that time they wouldn't have had a goal because larkin would have had possession of the puck and he wouldn't have taken a four-minute penalty resulting in another goal later on. So I think Larkin made a very selfish, um, I, I, I understand it and I respect it. And in the, in the fact that he's standing up for his team where Detroit fans are looking for somebody to be tough for their players. And that's what Larkin was going to do. He was going to stand up for um, Lucas Raymond and it cost it cost the team two goals. The way it should have gone down is he takes a number at that point, you know, play goes on, he gets the puck, they go down the ice and then, you find Skinner later in the game and you seek your, your justice justice at that point. Um, but it didn't happen that way, but I will say that the last, you know, minute and a half of this game was incredible, just incredible. And I know Dan, you hate the three V three Buffalo controlled the puck for about 90% of that, that overtime. And like the last minute and a half was just unbelievable hockey. The last 30 seconds alone, you know, an, an opportunity to score on um, on Huso. Huso makes oh. a phenomenal leg pad save. Oh, that gets the breakout, goes down on a breakaway. They've got a breakaway on Devin Levi with like seconds left, and he makes a phenomenal save to send the game into a shootout. Um, but that was that was probably the most exciting like thirty seconds of hockey I have seen all season long. That's why well, I love, down. That's why I love five. That's why I love three and three. Me the, too. It's just the, fast pace. The thing, the thing with three and three is it tends to be a possession like like football. It's like one right. team's got possession and then they they score, or if they don't, then the other team's got possession and, and then they usually score. Or see, I would be okay. <clears throat> and not to get off on a tangent, because Brian, I'll let you tell you're part of the Buffalo side of things. Um, but I would love to see the NHL adopt. Like, I, I don't like the shootout personally. It's just not for me. No. You know, I get it. It puts on a little bit of a show for the goalies. And I would much rather have like five minute periods until somebody scores in a three V three. Well, I know, I know this will never happen, but what if the, whoever loses in a shootout loses that point? 
So then maybe teams will be like, in the overtime, they'll, they'll actually try to go more. Yeah, but I don't think they're not trying, though. That's that's what well, I mean. Well, I know, but... Why it, would you want to... You wouldn't want to go to a shootout. Nobody wants to go to a... You want to get the win right no, then and there. No shot. Well, then then what? Go to a four-on-four overtime? Stay on three-on-three. Three. No, stay three-on-three. Three. I like the three-on-three. Three. It, it opens make, the ice up. Just make it, involved make, in it. make it a 10-minute three-on-three, and then... After if there nobody scores in the, uh, in the ten minute three and three, the only reason the only reason I said five minute periods um, is just because it, you know, it's it's you, you skate a lot faster. You, there's not as many guys on the ice to to pass to, so you're moving a lot more in a three v three. So I mean, your guys are going to get exhausted. Like, yeah, I guess you could say that's a disadvantage, and you want that to happen. But I just think to keep it exciting, do do five minute periods and. Just let them go until somebody scores. I mean, usually somebody scores. So, I don't know. I just I, that's what I would prefer. But Buffalo, go ahead. Give your give your version of the uh, Wings game, and I will say hats off. Congratulations on the win. Well deserved. Thank you. Thank you very much. Devin Levi made a third start, hoping for a better outcome. Mm. Uh, if the Sabers lose, they are practically out of playoff chances. Tage scored his forty fifth of the season. Played last game, but did not look like himself. Detroit did this game. A very yes, he did. Detroit then scored two to make it two to one. A nasty hit on Tuck, which I know Ron disagrees, but I thought it was a clean hit. I thought Cider caught him shoulder to shoulder. I didn't. To me, it looked like any head on it. To me, it looked like he hit him in the maybe the shoulder, but it looked like a nice. It was a a hard hit. It was solid. He got a little. Yeah, it was a solid hit. But then Skinner. The tuck hit led to a Skinner hit on a Detroit player mid-ice, which no penalty was called, and I agree that should have a penalty. Um, So some of the Detroit players, I felt, stopped playing. And then they turned away from the puck. Yoki Haru took it in and scored. No whistle, you play. Whole line line roll ensued after that with Detroit coming out on top with a four-minute roughing call. So the Sabres get a four-minute power play. Old time hockey. Cousins, it was a good game. It was fun. Cousins made it 3-2 with two seconds left in the first two-minute power play. That one hurt. 3-2 that one hurt a lot. After one, shortly after the second two-minute power play end, Gergensen scored on a stick deflection from Okposo. 4-2 Sabres. Uh, Yoki Haru tackled a Detroit player who was on a breakaway. Detroit scored to make it 4-3 on that ensuing power play. Jeez, did they have any goalies in this game? Point shot goes off to off power and into the net shortly after to tie it up 4-4. Greenway set up middle stat. Scored it. Oh, Greenway set up by middle stat. Scored a sixth of the season to make it 5-4. Cousins with a second goal shortly after to make it 6-4. Sabres with a poor net front turnover, and Detroit buries at 6-5. I was just telling Ron earlier in the game, Sabres all season are horrible about turning the puck over. They shoot the puck in front of the net and give it away, and there we go. It led to a turnover and uh, made it 6-5. Uh, Detroit pulls their goalie, ties it up 6-6 with a Sabres own faceoff. Uh, I don't know what Donnie was screaming about, but uh, Donnie Meatballs, the coach, was on the bench screaming. Yeah, I don't know what he was somebody. screaming about. I don't what know was if it was that? positioning, which if it was and someone was out of position, caused them to score. And I don't know if that's what, what it was or what. But. Yeah, I couldn't figure it out. If like, cause at first, he, 
the announcers are saying like they wanted it out of the zone or moved to the face off, not in that spot. Yeah, I don't know. What and I couldn't figure out about. what was going on. But either way, they scored, tied up. Um, like we were saying, overtime Sabres controlled the puck for most of the period. They gave a breakaway at the very end, but Levi made the save, turned around. I don't remember who it was. Had a decent breakaway, um, but there was no time left, so he had, took a shot from like the point. I think he missed in that. <clears throat> so off to the shootout we go. Tage Thompson was shot was saved. Uh, Raymond scored for Detroit. Jack Quinn scores for Buffalo, tied up. Uh, Peron saved by Levi. And the final shooter, Alex Tuck, my boy, Alex Tuck, scored. It was a good shot. And then Devin Levi on the other end makes a save against Larkin for the win. Yeah. It was a yep. incredible game back and forth. It was a great game. Shouldn't have been gone to overtime at all. But So it's getting to be that time of year where the playoff for every game is huge. So let's, let's have a little update on the race of the playoffs. Let's start in the East. Um, the Metropolitan is pretty much wide open for the division. You got Carolina with 109, and you got New Jersey right behind them with a 108, and the Rangers with 104. They have an outside chance. Um, they've only they've played 79 with New Jersey, so that's got three games left. Uh, Carolina's only played 78, so they got one game in hand. So they got the they got the upper hand on the two New York teams. So wouldn't that be a wild matchup, New Jersey and the Rangers? We'd love to see it. Uh, and then of course you got Boston, um, and then the you know they're just on fire. And then Toronto, Tampa Bay, that's actually, that series has actually been decided, well, not decided, but that's been, it's going to be the first round matchup, um, Toronto and Tampa Bay. Um, <clears throat> I don't think, yeah, it looks like Toronto's going to have home ice because uh, Tampa Bay can't ca- catch them. They got 96. <clears throat> Toronto's got 103. Uh, and then the wild card, that's where things get a little he- little uh, interesting here. Very interesting. Florida Islanders, Pittsburgh, all with 79 games played. So they all have three. Um, Florida and the Islanders tie with 89. Pittsburgh with 88. But don't uh, count Buffalo out. 83 games. They get that 70, no or 83 <laughs> points. 77 games remaining. I think one um, is a make-up game against Columbus, the last game of the season. <clears throat> Ottawa, I think they are – I think they're officially – let's see. So 81, they got three games left, 81 points. So that's 80. So, yeah, they're, they're, Ottawa's officially eliminated because they can only get 87 points if they win them all. Buffalo still has a point eight percent chance of making the playoffs. Oh, stranger things have happened. There's still the chance. Don't you say never. Um, and they Nashville's got a 10%. pretty, and they got a pretty good uh, chance or a pretty good schedule uh, uh, as far as winnable games. 
So moving to the West, you got Colorado. Let's leapfrog. Uh, they're actually leading uh, the Central because they've only played 77 games. So they got a game in hand, even though they're tied with Dallas with 100 points. <clears throat> and then Minnesota 98. So they're those three have been swapping the lead back and forth. And then you got Vegas leading the Pacific. Looks like they're probably going to take that, even though it's not official. They got 106. Edmonton's got 103, and the Kings are right there with 100. But they each, all three of them, played 79 games. And the wild card race. Some key games coming up. Seattle's clinched, so they get, I don't know if they get the number uh yeah, it looks like they probably have the number one wildcard spot. So it looks like it's the second wildcard spot. It's up for grabs. Sales got 96 points. Uh, Winnipeg, Calgary, Taiwan, Ian. I think I mentioned that in my recaps. Uh, Winnipeg's played 78. Calgary's played 79. And then Nashville right there, one point behind them, too. And they have a game... The two road games left, one's in Winnipeg and one's in Calgary. So it's pretty much a make-or-break uh, game. I think they almost have to win that. Um, if not if not both, at least one. St. Um, <clears throat> Louis is officially eliminated, so they're not in there. So, so there's the playoff race. Um so it's the wild card is heating up. Well, I'm sure uh, next week, uh, actually next week, we might actually have some playoff brackets. Um, so I don't think we have any team news. Um, so I guess that leads us into the hideout. Unless, unless, unless Ryan's getting on the Red Wings. Brian had said about the playoffs, and Dan just mentioned a little bit about it. The Wings are officially eliminated with their loss in Buffalo, so there's some news for you. Um, again, I think they have to just keep playing for the morale, the locker room, because they've got a lot of young guys that, will, that should be back next year. So they really have to um, at least try to, you know, leave on a positive foot as best as they can. Because, I mean, winning or losing at this point doesn't matter at all in the standings. They're not going to get Bedard and they're not going to get in the playoffs. So you might as well play for each other for, the, you know, have some momentum going into at least the offseason. So, um, but um, Marco Casper, you know, he made his debut against Toronto and really made his, his presence known. Uh, young kid. Let me see. I think he's like 19. So he's 18, played in his first NHL game. Um, and he played very well. I was very surprised. And he played, you know, a total of, uh, you know, between practicing and stuff like that. He was out. He had 50 minutes of ice time. And we find out now that he had a broken kneecap. And he wasn't going to turn down his opportunity to play in the big league. So he played in his entire, you know, the practice as well as, you know, the amount of time he had on on the game or in the game on a broken kneecap. So he will not be making his return to Detroit this year, um, but the future looks bright. So just keep, you know, follow the, the Iser plan. We'll get Buffalo, we'll get them someday. But that's all I have for, for Wings news. Nothing too much else going on. All right, we'll head into the hideouts.
had a couple things this week. Uh, Casey Middlestat, he's had himself a decent year. I was very hard of him, hard on him this season early on, but he has quietly played in every game so far this season. Has 48 points so far. Uh, I'm hoping he can continue his development and be part of this team going forward. I can remember back to his very first game played, coming out of college early, played against the one and only Red Wings. I have bashed him year in and year out, even when he played in Rochester. He was drafted eighth overall by the Sabres out of high school. He had three assists in the second period of the Flyers game this week. He's just been quietly turning his game around, I think. Um, another thing I want to talk about, ask you guys your opinion. We talk a lot of junk about the refs weekly. Well-deserved, usually. During the Sabres-Flyers matchup, <clears throat> Flyers were headed to the box, and another Flyer decided to start scrapping with Gergensons. I, could wa- I watched the one ref come over, and you could see his mouth and what he said. He mouthed something about five on three. Probably wanting the player, warning the player to quit or he was getting a penalty. What's your guys' thoughts on the refs getting warnings like that? I feel like they're adults. They shouldn't have to get warnings. If they want to continue, if they want to keep doing that, let them. Give them a penalty. They shouldn't be having given warnings out. These are adults, most mostly adults. Well, it's you know, it's communication as far as the rest, but I I guess they should they should know what I mean as far as players should know what they can they should be able to get away with. But then again, the the refereeing has been so inconsistent that they don't you know going from ref. Ref pairing, you know, different refs this game and this game. I guess they don't really know what to expect, you know, what they're going to call or, I mean, but they should know, you know, that there's only a certain amount of refs and they should know that this ref likes to call this and this ref likes to call that. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's probably why they, they switch up the, the refs because then you're going to have, you know, it's going to always be kind of like, questionable on what's going to happen if you have the same pairings then you know every week or every game that what they're going to call but yeah i just i think the refs have been extremely poor they don't have any um you know they they never have any repercussions to any of their their poor calls and it's it's sad because it's getting to the point where the refs are actually causing teams you know more harm than good and costing teams games and i just think it's a it's time for the nhl to do something similar to what maybe the nfl has done where you know toronto can call in and say hey no no they got that call wrong get them out of the box or hey no that that should have been a high stick that one you you missed it he's got to go two minutes um, well they they do that with the majors but that's saying they they have to call like like a four minute or a five minute and then they could review it which i mean yeah but i but i don't know if like, that is even needed like, at that so, point. so then they so then they automatically say they originally call a four or five so they can review it and go back and said you know maybe i don't want to sleep slow the game down and have them reviewed even two minute ones but and and, and i mean hockey's a fast game and i'm not i'm not going to slam anybody but it's a fast-paced game and there are things that are going to be missed um, but I think there's some things that are being called or not called that have been detrimental to the outcome of the game. And I just don't think that that is we're in two, two, we're in 2023. I mean, you've got cameras at every single angle. Um, you know, I, I just think that there should be a, another element to 
you know, step in if needed. And, and I know that not everyone is going to be called, not everyone necessarily should be called, but you know, I, I think a blatant, like if somebody gets their stick up and it's not called and they're not cut, they didn't lose a tooth. They're not injured. It's just like, Hey, you caught me up high. What, you know, what the hell, you know, maybe keep playing on those. I'm not going to ding the NHL for not calling those, but when you high stick somebody and it splits them wide open and you're missing those calls, I, I find that to be, you know, a little bit different. So I would like to see those called, you know, maybe it's a four minutes. It's a major. So I think New York or not New York, but Toronto should have the ability to call in and either make that call. You know, hey, it's a four minute caught him up high. Definitely caught him. You guys missed it on the ice. It's a penalty, you know, or if they call a weak penalty, they should be able to say, you know what, that that didn't happen at all. He needs to come out. But I don't know. I don't think that'll happen. I could be crazy. People could disagree with me. But what do you think, guys? Oh, I wonder if, if also uh, the teams in the arena have uh, played a part. Like 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 teams like, like Dallas. Uh, the other night when the Preds played, um, Dallas Delandra from the Stars, uh, he should have got an unsportsmanlike penalty because I mean, well, this—I mean, it was a high stick, but he, you know, he snapped his head back, you know, like every every other player does. Um, I mean, that's a natural reaction. Right? And then um, you got hit hit in the face. Well, yeah, but he like—I mean, he 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 was like go almost like Reeves, like going through a conniption that making it look like he's got cut by a freaking knife or something um and that but then uh you know ben i know you're i don't know if that's the ben you like because there's two bens dallas i know i know there's one ben you don't like jamie jamie but the one that's still on is is probably the one but anyway he he slashed somebody i don't remember who it was now uh, and there's no call. So I'm wondering if, you know, maybe certain players get that treatment where they don't get the calls or teams. Well, you remember you remember what Ben did to Larkin, injured his neck and potentially uh, ruined his career, but that went uncalled as well. I wonder how many, how many non-calls Ben has had. I don't know. But I don't want to but get I mean, off back to, Yeah, that gets back it. to the referees of – you know, what do they call? What don't they call? Why didn't they call it? Because, yeah, that one on Larkin that one day, you know, that definitely should have been a call. But, yeah, I just think the inconsistencies are are detrimental to the game. I think the referees need to get on the same page. I think that, you know, they need to do a better job. I, do, I, I mean, they have the op- opportunity to call into Toronto on some of these plays. And like I was talking about last week, when the puck was on Ned's uh, skate and everybody was focused on where the puck was, but nobody realized that his, his pad was being pushed into the, into the goal, which is not allowed. That's a goaltender interference call. Well, they reviewed it and they still didn't allow it. It's like, those are the types of plays. It's like, you know, that that's so obvious that, you know, there, I, I could have made that call sitting in my living room. And, yeah, I'm biased towards Detroit. I, I, it is what it is. All right. You need to be better. <clears throat> Carrying on with the uh, hideout, uh, congratulations goes out to Devin Levi. Besides getting two wins in his first three starts, he also today was announced as the Mike Richter Award winner as best Division One men hockey goalie. Second year in a row for him. That's nice, but let's go get the Calder next year. And don't stop there. Let's get the cup as well. But well, one thing at a time. One thing at a time. I'll slow down. I'll slow down. 
Uh, moving on to the Tuck versus Eichel watch. Eichel with 27 goals, 38 assists for 65 points in 66 games. Almost a point a game. And then you got Tucky, 35. So he's got eight more goals. They're tied with the same amount of assists, 38 assists. Uh, 73 points in 69 games. So Tuck has eight more points in three more games. So I'm still happy with it. Congrats for Eichel and making his first playoffs this year. Good job. Great job. Awesome. Proud of you. Krebsy has eight goals, 17 assists, 25 points in 69 games. Krebs just brings a lot to the team. He might not score goals. He might not have 40 assists, but his grit on the ice, I like. <clears throat> He's a bottom six forward, but I'll take it. I'm still happy with the trade. We'll see. We'll see where Vegas goes this year. How about that? If, the, if Jack can go win a cup this year, then more power to him. But that's all I got for the hideout. Sorry, yeah, I meant to say, can I can I jump back to one thing about Detroit news? I forgot to oh, mention yeah. this when I was there. Um, but Lucas Raymond has kind of flown under the radar. He's kind of in a rookie um, or a sophomore slump, if you will. But he's the third fastest Red Wing to 100 points, career points. Uh, Steve Eiserman, it took him 19 years and 174 days. Gordy Howe, it took 20 years and 350 days. And Lucas Raymond, it took tw- 21 years and nine days. Um, so he's actually playing very, very well for his age still. And, again, really excited to see what he can do. And um, Dylan Larkin is actually fifth, and it took him 21 years and 125 days to reach that 100 career mark. I saw. I noticed him last night. I was going to say something. He, he does look really good. I'm uh... – Encouraged to see where he's going to go. Yeah, I think he's a good good building block for the future. Iserman, because give him one year to see what the team does in terms of like meshing and bringing in new players and building that that core. And then the following year to see if he's actually progressed the team at all. So next year will probably be a, hey, here's your new team. Here's your new guys, new new uh, front office. Let's see what you got. They'll build, they'll bolster, you know, to come time for uh, free agency and all that fun stuff and the trade deadline. And you'll see some more moves. And then the following year, I think, is to make it or break it for Hines. Well, I think he's got one year, I think. He's got next year's his make or break year. I don't think. Yeah, but I don't gonna, think I don't think that's fair. It's, he's been there for how long? And I understand, but look at the team the that Trust took it over in July, and he's going to be like, you know, he's already given him his tools already. He hasn't so. given him. Yeah, and look at the team's playing much better the the last half of the season or since the trade deadline. I guess these young players are just. They develop. They're ready to go. I mean, uh, that's what I mean. Like the Predators are playing much better the second half of the season. That's part of why he got that contract extension. So if you look at the garbage that Poyle handed him, you know, it wasn't very well, good. Well, I don't know if it's an actual contract extension. I think his contract was uh, already at least through next year. He just pretty much said he's not going to fire him. Yeah. Why, why would uh, you? No, you I mean, I suppose, he, I suppose you could still change his mind. 
the Preds had, well, I think they had the toughest schedule, at least the last 10. But I just saw something all of a sudden during the Vegas telecast that apparently they they, he, they got the fourth hardest. I don't know. Other than St. Louis, they had Dallas, Vegas, Carolina. Easy, and now, easy, and now, easy. Easy. And then they got Winnipeg, Calgary, <laughs> Minnesota, easy, and Colorado. Easy. Playoff. Easy. That's it. I'll, I'll give it that. Yeah, so I don't who I like to find a tough schedule. I didn't see they didn't they, they didn't say mention who was had the top the f- top three hardest. They just said they had the fourth hardest. I don't know. And apparently right. Vegas. Now how many? And how they, many they games showed Vegas to... and Vegas had like the tenth easiest. Of course. Now do you know how many games can the Predators lose before they're officially eliminated? Winnipeg and Calgary. So that's that's almost that's huge. I mean, it, they got they almost have to get at least a point in those games for like well, Calgary's played seventy nine. So they got three games left, one of them being the head-to-head. So they can get, let's see, Calgary's max is 95, but one of those games is a head-to-head with Nashville. Nashville's max, they win all the rest of their games, is 96. So, but then they got they got those head-to-head. So they almost had to win one of those Winnipeg-Calgary games. And they have the last game, actually, next Friday, there's only two games in the NHL, one's being Buffalo, Columbus, and one being uh, Colorado and Nashville, which I believe both are makeup games. But uh, I mentioned Spencer Stastny making his NHL debut. Is that Paul's kid? Yeah, I didn't spell that right. I think he's got an E in his name. Um, but he had a little challenge just getting there, getting to Nashville. He had four canceled flights, two delayed flights, and he had to drive through a thunderstorm. Just to make, but he made his NHL debut, so I just wanted a, a lot of NHL stories. But I know, you know, I was like, I had briefly mentioned the, the Winnipeg Calgary game the other night, which was a huge game at that time. Calgary ended up winning that game, but um, there was a couple little incidents that, that uh, you know, it kind of goes back to the ref, refereeing, uh, officiating. <clears throat> the Jets, uh, Dubois, I think he was on Columbus at one time. They gave him a two-minute boarding, um, but I, it, I, the way he hit him and the way into the boards, it should have. I don't know if it should have been a five. It definitely was at least a four. In the same game, Lucic, who I, for some reason, I always, th- I always think of him as a Bruin. He, he's on the Flames. He's he been got, on the Flames for years. Really? How long yeah. has he been on the Bruin? Oh. Like three years, he's oh, been on like eighteen oh, teams. Yeah, after the Bruins. No. I was yeah, I was oh. gonna say he bounced no. around a he little was bit. Was it Edmonton at one point? No. How yep. come I always think of him as a Bruin? How long was he with Bruins? Because he was a. I don't think he ever played for the Bruins. Because he was a bunch of jerks. Milan Lucic playing for the oh, Bruins. Oh, was he running goalies and stuff? Oh, uh, that's right. He ran Miller. That's right. He he was a Bruin when he ran Miller. There you go. That's right. Um. But he got a four-minute high sticking, and I it, I think it should have only been two, even though I mean he's got a history. But it was I think it was an inadvertent stick. Um, but I, I don't know if you could see that video. I didn't really. I was just kind of watching the game. Um, but then speaking of the Bruins, uh, they're just two minutes, uh, two minutes, two wins away from the record. And I believe 
I think I don't, I didn't have it written down here, but I think I mentioned that to, to Rat and Ron um, about uh, one of those that has the record, which it was what, 63 wins. Yeah, because they got Austin's got 61 wins, so they'd be tight. Yes, two wins would be 63 wins. Um, I don't know what year it was, but I believe the Bru- the Red Wings have the tied at least. I think there's another team as well, as well. <clears throat> but Detroit is the one one of the teams they would be tying with 63 wins. I don't know if you if you can elaborate on that or not. If you know if you remember what year it was, I think I want to think it was like '95 or '96. So I'm thinking uh, they're probably going to do that. The Bruins have New Jersey win at Philadelphia, definite win. Washington, who's in a definite win, and then they're at Montreal. So they'll get. They'll get three at least, if not four. They might actually break the record then. So that moves us to the Red Wings sixteen. Let's uh, let's have one of you guys start off with your sixteen first this you want week. Want me to go around? Sure. All right, I got Boston number one, then Vegas, Edmonton. Those three are the same from last week. Carolina moves up several spots, and then the Rangers drop down one. Devils, uh, they're the same as last week. Toronto moves up one. Colorado moves up one. Minnesota moves up. No, they dropped several. Uh, Dallas stays the same. Kings, same. Seattle moves up. Florida moves Way up into the standings. They weren't even in there last week. Winnipeg, the Islanders, and rounding it out with Calgary. Tampa Bay dropping out. Even though they've clinched, this doesn't have anything to do with clinching. This is who's the top 16 teams right now. Uh, Special mention to uh, Nashville. Two wins in a row. This hurts me to say that. Special mention to Nashville and Buffalo. They won a game, so hey, good job, Buffalo. That's my top 16. I'll go next. I've got Boston still on top. I've got Carolina um, bouncing up quite a bit. New Jersey bouncing down. Um, Vegas moving down a notch. The Rangers moving down. Um, I have Edmonton coming up. They've been playing some really good hockey lately. Uh, Toronto, they they moved down a, a position. Um, and I have Dallas moving up a couple. I feel like they've been really coming on as of late, and um, you know they're they're looking to make a good late season push as well as Colorado and Minnesota. Um, you know I've got you know on the bottom half of my list I've got uh, the Kings, the Kraken, uh, Tampa Bay. Um, I still have them in there. I think they've been playing uh, pretty good, but I, I I was hesitant to put them there because. That injury to you know, I think that's going to change your lineup a little bit. Um, I mean, he's brought he's brought some tenacity that they've been looking for. I know he hasn't been putting goals up and playing like he did last year, but I, I think he brings a different element to Tampa Bay that they're going to really be missing. Um, you know, now it's all up to Maroon. So, uh, but I have Florida, Winnipeg, and the Islanders in there. Calgary, I have them dropping out. Oh, maybe not. Um, and I'm going to have to go with a special mention also. I, I think the same two, Buffalo and Nashville. I think Buffalo's playing some pretty good hockey right now. I know they beat a, 
um, you know, a developing wings team. Um, Nashville, they've been hot with their last two. I think the young kids have really shown a lot of promise in Nashville. And, you know, as, you know, as much as I bust your chops about them, I, I do think that, that Nashville is going to be, you know, pretty good. I think they've got a pretty good leadership team in front of them now. And I think that they're, they're going to be making, you know, a push here to make the playoffs. I think that would be huge to keep that momentum while they're rebuilding. That's that's where Detroit lacked. But those are my my sixteen. Oh, mine. Well, it's still a surprise from last week. Even though they say I have them staying, but number one, I got the Rangers. They've had a couple huge wins. Uh, but I got Vegas moving up to number two. They're I think they're definitely the best team in the West. Probably. I don't know. They've got to be close to the best team in the league. Um, they're playing really strong. Eichel's been playing really good. I just kind of see what he can do in the playoffs. <clears throat> Boston, I got them dropping. Carolina, um, I actually have them moving up despite their, just their latest loss, but it wasn't because of... <laughs> they definitely got enough shots, that's for sure. Um, then I got the Kings moving up. They're in the fifth spot. I got Colorado, even though I had them moving way up from 16 to six, but I think they're, they might, I think I'm going to have them drop it next week. We'll see. <clears throat> we'll see what happens. Um, and I think next week might be the last of the Predator week 16 just because it'll be their end of the season, at least until the, for this season. <clears throat> and then I got Toronto. Um, they're at, they actually moved up. I got Dallas sliding, even though they, even though they just beat, uh, Nashville, but they played really strong in that game. But other than that, they, they, they kind of struggled. Uh, then I got Florida. They actually have them moving up. The Islanders, I got them moving up quite a few. They've been playing really hot. Edmonton moved up one. Uh, and then I got Winnipeg. Um, actually, they dropped out last week of mine, but they reemerge because they've been had a couple of huge wins. Even even though they lost to Calgary, but that was a they they actually had a one nothing lead in that game. And then I got Minnesota dropping. They, I had them at four last week. They dropped to thirteen. And then uh, Pittsburgh at fourteen. They dropped, and New Jersey at 15, they stay the same, and then they got Calgary, uh, I think they moved in, yeah, they were a special mention last week, uh, so they move into the 16th spot this week, with that huge win against Winnipeg, and I actually have Seattle and Tampa Bay dropping out. And my special mention goes to Buffalo because they are right there for the wild card. And first time in twelve years, they might uh, the way they've been playing lately. They might catch them by surprise, and all they really need maybe Florida and um, well, Pittsburgh's already slipping up. They really just need one of those get one of those teams to slip up. I think Buffalo can probably win out, but we'll talk, we'll talk about that in, the, in a uh, little bit. I think we have something yeah. special coming up right now. What do you think, Ron? 
Yeah, since I gotta wake myself up after that one. That just that, kidding, D Law. Just kidding. That, just that kidding. Wasn't that boring. So, as we talked about last show, <laughs> Ryan Reeves was looking to get a little boost in his game. He was getting a little pep in his step. So he had called out for the smelling salts. We are going to do the Ryan Reeves challenge with the smelling salts. So what it says here to do is do not remove the cotton ball. Cotton ball is still live and well inside the jar. What, are you going to put the cotton ball up your nose? I certainly hope not. Then it says add one teaspoon of water, which we have the water right here. What the hell are you doing? It's it not goes. that thing that they have on their bench where they wave it in front of their face. That's not what, what Ryan Reeves used. What the heck? What the heck did now he use? Shake it up. Wigs, what I have in my hand, but I'm not going to show the brand. I thought he used the thing. Close tight. Did you not watch the video? Because that would completely. No. Okay. <laughs> that explains it. Close lid tightly and shake well. <laughs> Uncap and sniff. <laughs> Keep lid tight. When in when not in use. Um, let's see. Is there anything else I should do here? Warning: Keep away from children. Do not use if allergic or pregnant. I don't know if I'm allergic, so I could drop pregnant? dead here. Are you pregnant? Keep no. away. Keep I can away knock one of those out. Probably check to make sure you're pregnant. Not pregnant. All right, I'll go pee on a stick. At least six inches from nose. Oh boy, I don't have a ruler, but we're gonna just wing this here. Use your finger. All right. <laughs> what are you oh, drugs? Just do it. Stop being scared, Rod. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh shh. Oh my God. And you talk crap about Ryan Reeves. Oh. Oh my God. man. Oh my God, dude, that is terrible. That Shout is out terrible. to Ryan Reeves. I think Ryan and wins like, that one. I'm telling you, like, I, my eyes are watering. Oh, he's crying now. But it, like, goes up your nose into, like, your brain and out your mouth, like, in that order. It is the weirdest <laughs> sensation in the world. Holy Christ. <laughs> wow, that is... I didn't puke, though. I didn't puke. My eyes are still watering. Maybe you should have... Maybe you I'm gonna have bring done this that. to ho- I'm gonna bring this to hockey on Tuesday if, maybe, if it's still alive. Maybe you should have done. Maybe you should have done that like towards the end of the show. Okay, you're gonna be okay <laughs> for the rest of the show. Yeah, I'll be all right. My <laughs> eyes are like are still like glossed over. Love it. Oh my god, that you guys got to try it. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> Holy man, I still it's like tingling in well. my nose, and it's not even the powder. <laughs> I just don't think I need that. If you're is that a one time use don't thing? Like deal. I it doesn't say it is for him. <laughs> but holy it really it sends you to Tim, man. Like really Ryan, Re- I'm gonna wow. have to we're gonna have to post this video and tag Ryan Reese. Oh he's not on Twitter, I tried. Oh holy oh. macro. <laughs> no, that, I'm telling Senate. you, like that's not even that was not a joke reaction or trying to that really like it hits you like somebody you almost fell you into squ- your banner yeah it's like somebody it's probably all disheveled <laughs> but it's like somebody punches you like right in the middle like in the forehead nose like all in that area but it was it was in the order of like nose sinus mouth 
Well, at least, at least you don't have a sinus infection anymore. Holy mackerel. Yeah, that's, that's some strong stuff. Wow. So you know what? You know what? Thing. Reeves' reaction is completely justified, 100%. You get too close to this thing, I mean, it'll put you out. It'll put you right out. It, it will submit you. Man. Yeah, that's all we need. We can't even have players that played without that. You're going to kill them all. You know what I'd like to do? I would like to measure. I'd like to go inch by inch with Ryan Reeves and see who who can get it closer. Well, you had it pretty much on your nose. <laughs> Well, yeah, I had to. I had to just do it. It's like ripping the Band-Aid off. <laughs> Maybe that, that wasn't, wasn't six, six inches. inches. No, it was, I felt it touch my nose. The thing is, I don't need, you don't, I don't, you know. How do I don't you know? Need, you don't, I don't know until you I'm playing, When I'm playing the game, I don't need to wake myself up because I'm already, I'm already. But just imagine alert. if you were more awake. <laughs> oh, my eyes are still But if, it, I mean. If I really had to, I would just use one of those things you wave in front of you. So your who's nose. next? Who's next to do the next challenge? Somebody's got to do the uh, Ryan Reeves challenge. Somebody's got to do the Ryan Reeves challenge. Jesus, I'll Somebody. fall backwards in my chair. I don't care. That'll be good. We got to get it going. No. That probably screw something up. Oh, my God. It, like, it kind of burns a little bit. I love it. <clears throat> so. Which one of our viewers any? is going to do it? I don't know if we have any. Oh, wait, we got four viewers. Well, I, I can't see to. who they are. I, I want D-Law to do it next. I think D-Law. You got to do it. I don't need You got to keep it viral. This is D-Law's podcast, yeah. so it should yeah. be good. It's not mine. It's a friendly podcast. I didn't I, – Ron started it. I didn't start it. I was just – I talked about it and just yeah. kind of a thing that happened. So that leads D-Law's to – D-Law's next. D-Law's no. next. I will send you the brand that you have to get, and you got to do it on live – podcast with us. I'm not spending money for that crap. Oh my you, god. Do I have you, to support you? Just give me the whole damn bottle then. Well, or you can come <laughs> get it. <laughs> or you'll see it Tuesday. If it works. <laughs> if it's still like potent. Because he I, tried it I'm and he threw defense. one away. I'm playing defense again. You don't want me doing that crap. You're going to need to wake up defense. if playing defense. See, yeah, but I, I don't want, I want to see him do it on a podcast. I want If, I, if it's not Televised and oh. it never happened. Yeah, well, it, yeah, I do that. You think I'm gonna have the same reaction the second time? Probably worse. Man, that stuff is potent, man. So wow. anyway, that moving on to the uh, some more news stories. Um, actually, this is more of a, our podcast. You know, I, you know, I don't. So I, you know, the NHL has this bracket challenge thing. Where you can go and uh, and uh, fill out your brackets for the playoffs. So I was thinking, if there if there is some way we can do our own Pred Wings bracket challenge, and like have, see if our viewers can top our, the three of us, see if they're yeah, better sent, than us. Yeah, I sent you guys the link. I created one. Yeah, I no, sent it out to all my buddies. So yeah, once it won't, yet. it won't be active until they. It'll probably finalize. be next 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 probably next week. Can we put that in our Can we put that in our Discord? Of course. So funny, and put it on all of our social and media. The, the, the public aspect of it, yeah. I I just don't know if they can top Zinc. Well, Buffalo was like sixty percent on his picks this year. It's pretty high. It's going down, but um, we won't even talk about the time I was uh, 
99% in the playoff bracket. The uh, final, they're not the, I don't want to call it the final, it's the Frozen Four. It's going on for the uh, NCAA hockey. Um, Michigan actually just got beat by Quinnipiac. So yeah, it's going to be a good squad. The Golden it's Gophers. Gonna, it's going to be Minnesota and Quinnipiac for the championship. Um, is that this weekend coming up or next weekend? I can't, I'm not sure exactly when that sure. championship. Is it, now is it one game or do they have a, a like a three-game series? It's one game, I think. Okay, yeah, I think so it's, so, okay, so it's basically like that, kind of like the basketball that I don't watch. Um, but I think that's about all the news stories that I see. Caesar, Search for us on the bracket NHL bracket challenge, Pride Wings podcast, and join our uh, thing. Yeah, what's the the passcode? I think Pride Wings twenty three. Twenty three, I believe, is the password. Yeah, so. Go ahead, log in, see if you can beat the uh, beat the host, and we'll. So that leads us to where was I? The oh yeah, do we uh, the rookie watch thing? Do you, since since I screwed it up last week, I'll let you take it. Oh, I don't have any updates this week. I didn't update it. All right. So any fines or suspensions? What's the matter, Ron? You all right? Yeah, he's still, still sniffing. It's still tingling a he's, little bit. He's still sniffing. There were several, several suspension or fines this week, but I don't have them. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't see. Where the heck are they? There wasn't any suspensions. Let me see about fines. Adam Fox of the Rangers got a slashing fine of five thousand against Corey Perry. Um, Alex Kalorn got a slashing against Igor Shesterkin. And Mark Friedman got a diving and embellishment, his second citation for a $2,000 fine. So we've got an actor in the crowd. But those are the fines that I've, I've found. Oh, uh, yeah, so... He needs the smelling salts. Yeah, no, I'm awake. I was doing something. But um, Ron mentioned something earlier about Matt Murray. Uh, he left the game after colliding with Lucas Raymond. Um. The coach at first had no updates, but then he said, uh, I think it was yesterday, he was tested for a concussion. Yeah, that doesn't so, mean it's a concussion, though. Well, that only – That only, doesn't even mean – That doesn't that even mean that it was a head injury. That only happens with Crosby. No, but I, I know you're you're getting that story brought back up from 10 years ago. But just because he <laughs> says Murray was tested for a concussion, I mean – he he could have a broken ankle and they can still test him for a concussion. I mean, it could be quite legitimate that he's got a head injury. I mean, he did take a fall. It, it, to me, it didn't look like he hurt his head, but because um, I mean, he he kind of jumped right back up, and I don't know. And it could be. I, I I hope he comes back. It was just one of those unfortunate hockey injuries, but yeah. So hopefully, it's not a head injury because I think he's got a history of them. And well. <clears throat> This is not good for Tampa Bay. Tanner Janot left the game. Uh, playing the Islanders. Oh yeah, he's done for the rest of the year. Uh, he's he's done. Got a uh, his right leg. Uh, Cooper uh, yeah. said he, he called that worrisome. Uh, so, did you I see don't it? Know. They're not saying what it is. Did you see it? I, I know he had to get help. Like that's not what I'm asking. That's, that's not what I'm asking. Did I saw him like kind of lean on his leg it? and then 
I don't know what happened, but I saw him kind of leaning, and then they had to help him off the ice. So you didn't see the? I'm just. I want to know if you saw the the actual. I didn't play. see actually what happened. Why his leg got hit? Oh, it was it was gruesome. Did a snap back. Uh, so he it, there's a controversy on whether or not it was a slew foot or not because he kind of went into the boards and it was kind of like their legs. His I forget who checked him, um, but his leg was behind Jeannot's legs. And he kind of just finished it, like transitioned into a hip check and kind of swept his feet up. Jeannot tries to keep his balance and his right skate buckles underneath him. So it's like under his butt cheek. And then everyone falls on top of him as he falls backwards. I mean, it looked it looked freaking painful. I mean, the, the look on his face when he's as soon as that leg crushed down and those guys fell on it, you knew that something was not right. But it looked bad. It it is it is worrisome. I I guarantee I shouldn't say I guarantee. It's probably a high probability that um Jeanneau will not be back for the playoffs period. Now you see D Law's found buttons again. Yeah, so uh and then in that same game, Pat Maroon left uh with an arm injury, so I don't know how serious that's gonna be. I didn't so see that, that one, so yeah, I don't know. That, it was actually in the same uh, article as the tennis, you know. So, and bad news for Colorado. Uh, not only McCarr, but also Helm are out indefinitely. Bad news for my fancy team, too. Who's I just Helm? dropped McCarr. My name's Darren, Darren Helm from Detroit. I think they actually, I think Detroit actually traded him to Colorado. And yeah. Was it this, the trade headline? No, was, or or did they, or is it a free agency? A few years ago. Oh, so he's on. He's been on that. It was a free long. agency, and Detroit just yeah, Detroit just didn't resign him a few years back. Oh, those are some pretty key injuries. I don't know if there's any any more injuries. I think that's all the injuries that I saw. So that leads us into some AHL updates. And boy, do we have some. The Griffins are still. Uh, Crapping out. <clears throat> oh, of course. But so they, do the Admirals. So the Admirals, uh, they had a game against the Wolves, or as I like to say, the Wolvies, or Wolves, or whatever <laughs> the heck it was. I heard some Wolves, wolves news oh, the, today. Did you guys hear news? So what's that? They're going to be no NHL team affiliation next year. Really? Oh, that's they're, nice. They're apparently they telling... NHL or Car- telling Carolina agents that they're not going to have teams, not going to have Carolina as their team next year. They went really? from one to two to one. To <laughs> I don't. So, I don't like that at all. Well, you I should don't have every NHL means. team should have an AHL team, not split. I agree. Not the, two the teams. It's should be one team for NHL. Team. God knows there's enough of them. If there's a team that called Coachella Valley Firebirds and Firebirds and any any freaking any NHL team should be able to. I mean that shows you how many damn AHL teams there are. That's the Lehigh Valley. Just name it. Anyway, uh, lost to the Woods five two because of Askarov. Gave up five goals on shots. Local connection here: Fairport native Nathan Susice. Susice. I don't know if I butcher his name. Susice scored a goal for the Wolves in that uh, route. 
And then uh, they dropped another one to the Wolves, six to five again. Askarov again, six goals against, had 36 shots. That's that's second game in a row they got 36 shots on them. It's 11 goals in two games he gave up. And meanwhile, uh, I mean, Kuchetkov, who's one of the supposed to be one of the highest rookies. He gave up five goals on 21 shots. And then they had a game against Rockford earlier tonight, and they lost that one three to two. So that's a three-game uh, losing streak. Actually, four-game going back to last Saturday against Laval. So that puts them back in uh, second place. But uh, <clears throat> that's all the uh, that's all they got for the Admirals. I'll give it my Griffins want to be quick, so I know the Amherst have a little bit more to talk about. Uh, the Griffins continue to lose. They did win on on uh, Thursday against Manitoba, uh, five to two. Carter Mazer he had three points that game, two goals and one assist, uh, playing very well. Um, again, the but the future is bright in Detroit. We just have to be patient. It's one of those things where. You know, it's just going to take time. We're in the rebuild, but we've got some some good youth coming up, and he's a part of it. So, um, you know, just just got to keep winning. And um, I can't remember his first name. I'm going to sound terrible here. Um, Bednard, Detroit's goalie. Oh, Jared. Oh, Bednard. Bednard, yes. Yeah, he he gets he gets a win uh, when he's called. He got called up. So, um, again, it's good. Ryan Bednard. That's right. Ryan Bednard. Yeah. Again, I mean, the, the future is bright. We just, we just got to ride these, these waves and it'll turn around like a Buffalo, but yeah, I mean, Grand Rapids is just consistent. They'll win one, they'll lose three. Um, yeah, they're just not playing great hockey. Sounds like Detroit. Yeah, that's okay. Shout out to the viewers here in Rochester, our Amherst. Our playoff bound. Playoff, here we come. Tonight, they beat Syracuse in overtime, I believe it was. Unfortunately, they had to go to overtime. Had they won in regulation, they would be tied with Syracuse, but they are uh, currently sitting in third place. Being in third place, which gives them a first-round bye. Dan, you want to talk about the AHL playoff format? So that leads us into the playoff field. Uh, it's going to consist of the top six in the eight-team Atlantic division, the top five in the seven-team North and Central divisions, and then the top seven in the top t- in the ten-team Pacific division. And the now, top three in the North and Central, at least the North, I'm assuming Central too, the top three places get a first-round bye, with the first round being a three-game playoff. So I mentioned the uh, the differences between the, the – like the, the one division has six of them, and then the North and Central have uh, uh, five – and then um, the Pacific has uh, seven. Now, 
why should they have seven teams make it when the other two teams, one, one, the two divisions have five, and then the other division has six? Because of the number of teams in the division, they have ten teams. It should be balanced out. I don't care how many teams are in the division. You got to, if, if you want to make the playoffs, you got to be good. So make it even all the way and then have maybe if, if, and then, you know, like, let's see how many divisions are there. There's uh, four. four divisions. So there's what, 16 teams. So that's four, just take four from each, uh, each division, like the, like the NHL. If you're not good enough to make the top four, then you don't make the playoffs. Three teams don't make it in the Pacific Division. Two teams don't make it in the North and Central, and two teams don't make it in the Atlantic. So the you Pacific can suck. has less teams that, or has more teams that miss the playoffs. So you could suck and still make the playoffs. So let's see the North. See who. Uh, so they have. You know, they're above five hundred. Barely. Uh, the Pacific Division, seven teams make it. Tucson is 500. So, call me crazy, but a 500 team should not make the playoffs. But anyway, that's I don't I don't want that's my soapbox. I'm I'm gonna get off. Yeah, I remember a time when they used to, 100 points was like special. Like you get 100 points and you're a good Isn't team. And now it's like just about every team. I see there's what three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams. Ten of the sixteen teams have over hundred points. Oh, actually Seattle's got ninety six, so they're close. Minnesota's got ninety eight, so they could get a hundred. It just it just watered those those extra points, the shootout points and stuff like that. They just they water down the they make the points more than it really should. I don't know. Maybe I'm more old school in that aspect of it. Win in regulation. Or die trying. Make a win, three points. Overtime win, two points. Overtime loss, one point. Each game is worth three points. If you go to overtime, you can only win two. And I just want a little shout out. I know, uh, you know, Tage Thompson's brother, uh, Tice, he's he's on Utah. But Nolan Foot, who is the brother of Cal Foot, that's on the Predators, uh, he game against the Amherst. He played he played on Utica as well. The Devils uh, draft pick. He had a goal and assist that game. Just want to briefly mention <clears throat> salary cap space. I'm not going to mention every team. I just want to mention the three teams here. <clears throat> the Preds cap space. This is the cap space, not the cap. <clears throat> they have three point one million. The Sabers have seventeen point one million, and the <clears throat> and the Wings have eight million. Now this is where it gets interesting. There are some teams that have a negative cap space. I don't know how how, how does that even work. How can you have a negative cap space? That'd be like us with our budgets negative. It just doesn't work. So the Bruins are minus 1.6 million. Panthers are one minus 4.6. Well, Montreal's not a playoff team, but that was a high number. They're minus 13.7, almost 14, minus 14. Tampa Bay, they're minus 7 million base <coughs> left. So they're, you know, they're one of the teams that was playing with the cap in the playoffs. 
Toronto is a minus six million. Carolina is a minus five point two million. And Vegas has a minus thirteen point nine million space. So they're they obviously can't bring anybody back. That's if there's anybody on IR. I don't know if there are. Um but uh just a couple more mentions. I know Arizona, they're they're such a train wreck. I know they're not even in the thought of well, they're in the lottery check, but they're um fifteen point six million and the Rangers I know we've been talking about millions. Their cat space is 1,609. Not million, 1,000. That's like, that's like a, I, I think freaking Patrick Kane could pull that out of his front pocket. <clears throat> so that's it for that. Let's uh, move into the weekly picks. So last week, <clears throat> um, oh, yeah, I never mentioned that on my, on my recap. So the St. Louis game. Uh, we were all correct. Actually, no, uh, Ron and I were correct. Brian was incorrect. The Dallas game, I was correct, and Brian was correct, and Ron was incorrect. I don't know how. And then Vegas, we were all incorrect. And then Carolina, I was correct, and the other two were incorrect. That leaves me with a 46%. And with the Preds, Brian dropped to 65. So, and then that moves to the Wings. Uh, let's see. Winnipeg, we were all correct. Toronto, we were all incorrect. And Montreal and Buffalo, we were all correct. And looks like Brian's leading that with 48%. And then the Buffalo side of it, uh, <clears throat> I was incorrect on Philadelphia. And... Brian and Ron were correct, and Ron and I were correct on the Florida one. Brian was incorrect, and then we were all correct on the Detroit. So that leaves me with the 60% on the Sabres. And overall, Ron and I are tied with 36 wins, trailing Brian with 42. So that leaves him with 55% overall, and then obviously Ron and I are tied with 47%. Well, that leads us to the previews. I was going to say, I can give the Wings previews because it's irrelevant at this point. Um, we have Pittsburgh tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Um, we've got Dallas on Monday, Carolina on Tuesday, and then we finish out the season on Thursday in Tampa Bay. So, And what I'm going to pick for that devastating schedule here to round out the season is um, probably four losses. I picked... <clears throat> Lost to Pittsburgh and Dallas and a win against Carolina and Tampa Bay. And I've got four losses. Uh, Sabres have five games remaining. <clears throat> I'll go through the whole schedule. Carolina tomorrow. I'm going with, we'll just say this now, I'm going with a win for the rest of the season. Carolina tomorrow. Rangers on Monday in New York. In New Jersey on Tuesday. Then on Thursday, the home finale, fan appreciation night. I will be there wearing my tuck jersey. Hoping to maybe punch a playoff spot that night. Doubt it, but hey, I can hope. And then on the 14th, play at Columbus. That was a makeup game from the Winter Storm. But I'm going with wins for all five games. And I picked a loss to Carolina, the Rangers, and New Jersey. 
and a win against Ottawa and Columbus. Let's see. I'm going with a win against Carolina, um, a loss against the Rangers, a loss against the Devils, a win against Ottawa, and I'm going to go with a loss against Columbus. You just want to be opposite of me. Columbus already beat no. us this year, so I want to no. go. No, I'm just, I'm just saying because I just think it would be very Buffalo-like to get eliminated by Columbus in the last game of the season. It sure would. Nashville has a couple of huge games, two road games left. Uh, Winnipeg, uh, that's a Saturday night game. I'm going to call that one a loss. Unfortunately, I, hopefully they'll get a win. And then they moved to Calgary on Monday night. That's a 9:30 game. Um, I'm going to call that one a win. And then they return home uh, back-to-back games Thursday and Friday. Uh, they're both night games. Um, Minnesota, I'm going to call that one a win. And Colorado, which was a makeup. Oh, the flood that well, Anyway, I called that one a win. And hopefully with those three, if, if they can win those three out of four, they'll push them into the playoffs. I'm going with a – I'm going to go with a loss – Against Winnipeg, a loss against Calgary. I think you'll beat Minnesota and you'll lose to Colorado. Actually, you know what? You know, I'm going to give you the Calgary game. I'm going to I'm going to change that to a win. Hey, you guys been playing. You guys been playing hot. Oh, you don't want me to get it. Why can't I change it? You sort of like you I still have a. I still have a want, loss. You don't want it. You don't want me to get ahead of you. We're actually, tied no, right think, now. Actually, I think Colorado. I think they'll beat them too. They're playing You're hot probably right going to change that so I can't get ahead of you. No, I'll leave that. Leave everything the same. Well, I, let's see. We picked that seat loss. I'm going to pick the exact oh, same as D-Law. Oh, actually, you know you what? It's I'm going to it just as it is. Towards the end of the show here. I think we're at the end of the show. Uh, Shout out to our f- new follower tonight. Dom is too sweet. Now following. Thank you, Dom. Is too sweet for the follow. We are one follow away from our goal of 15. And then we got 35 more to go after that. But let's get the 15, and then we'll make our way from there. Milestone after milestone. So the new follower, <clears throat> you can get us on our social media, uh, Facebook, Discord, Twitch, Instagram, Predwings Podcast. And Twitter and YouTube, we're at Predwings Pod. And our email is PredwingsPodcast at gmail.com. Another episode 55 Double Nickels in the books. Thanks for tuning in to the Predwings Podcast. Good night, Hockey Town. Bye bye, Buffalo. See ya, Smashville. 